Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. All right, this is, seems like a, as good a time as any to come back together again. And people either love that bit of the service or they hate it, so I apologise to those who hate it. It is really true, but it is actually a really important thing for us to connect with one another, and at the very least, if we could know the names of somebody that we were sitting next to, that's not such a bad thing. I want to introduce you to the lovely Makarita. Uh, many of you will know her. She's been a long time in our morning congregation, but she sings at night reasonably often, and probably a couple of significant things for you to know about her. She's a member of our Shaw Vineyard board, so um, that's an important group of people, which is, which is a little invisible in terms of a Sunday and stuff but is responsible for the whole operation um, of our Sunday church. And so it's lovely for her to be sharing and for you to meet her in that connection as well. She's also one of the leaders of a ministry called A Girl Called Hope. Um, and that's significant for lots of reasons. But, but quite a lot of people, particularly from this congregation, are or have been um, staff members of A Girl Called Hope. So you will know her um, along those lines. She has been part of the vineyard um, for you know probably a couple of decades and a couple of other vineyard churches before ours. But she is a, she's a, a treasure and I know it's going to be a treat tonight as she shares. So welcome. It's, it's so good to have you here. So, you, God bless you. Well, why don't, why don't I? That's what this sort of thing a pastor does. Eh? Yeah. So God, I want to thank you for Makarita. I want to thank you for everything she knows, everything that she represents tonight. And then I want to thank you for her cleverness and intelligence and her preparation. And Lord, I pray that you bring that all together into a package that is just dynamic for, for this congregation on this night. And we just trust you with that. Lord, all we can do is what we've got and bring them before you, both us as a congregation and her as a speaker. And we pray that together we'd hear what you need us to hear tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kia ora whanau. Ko Vaya Tokumonga, ko Pacifica Tokuawa, ko Boeing 737 in New Zealand Tokuwaka, ko Salailua Tokuiwi, no Ngati Hamo Aho, ko Nuxavili Lupe Matasila, Sanga Imuli Leatolevao, Meseruia, Okumatua, ko Makarita Tokuingo. So um, it is with like crazy, mind-blowing nervousness and um, an honour that um, I share with you tonight. Um, when I got the call up, which isn't the first time, but um, I was really compelled to say yes, which was very much a surprise um, that that came out of my mouth. Um, because my default has been, ah, think about it. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's quite, and then it's quite interesting to then find out what um, our series was about because we're looking at, um, you know, if you're just joining us tonight for our series on transmission, um, Kev, do you want to put the first slide up? That'll be great, thanks. Um, but if you're just joining us tonight, this series has been looking at the... Um, 
journeys, the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. And um, ah, that's not the first line. It's the one before that, but I haven't got it up there. Just, yeah, kia ora. Um, so we've been looking at um, the missionary journeys for, um, for the Apostle Paul. And um, if you haven't caught up on it, um, it's okay, you, you, you know, it's all right. You, you've got heaps of time. You, you know, that one episode of that Netflix series won't put you back. Um, you can check it out on our website um, and watch on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page, or you can listen to it on podcast. Um, and so um, tonight, where you come in, where, you, where we're picking up the story is in chapter 20. Now, this morning, Calvin took us um, on a journey of starting off the third um, missionary, Paul's third missionary journey. And uh, it was awesome. It really was awesome. You need to listen to it and watch it, eh? Um, He's so brainy. Um, It's phenomenal. So, um, and I want to talk about the place that he really focused on this morning, which is Ephesus. And the reason I want to, to actually just cover Ephesus is because it was a really important place for Paul, and especially as we look at um, what I'm going to take us through in chapter 20. And, uh, and the, if in Ephesus, what happened was Paul and his posse pull up, and um, there's already disciples there who have been uh, discipling people and, t- and telling them the story. And so they knew the whole story, including Jesus, but they actually hadn't encountered the fullness of that story. So they had been baptized in the name of John the Baptist, and so they knew all the teachings of John the Baptist. But because they hadn't been baptized in the name of Jesus, then you know, and Jesus was the one who John was preparing them for, they hadn't had the fullness of it. So that's what Paul and his buddies did. Um, they baptized them in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit fell. And so from there, all these amazing things happened. And Paul stayed there for about two years. Now, to give you an idea of what Ephesus is like, it's kind of like Auckland, right? So, you know, people outside of Auckland, they go, oh, bless them, they're interesting, yeah? Um, And it's a port city um, and has lots of activity, mishmash of cultures, religions, um, you know, it's a business hub, and and uh, this morning, you know, Calvin was talking about like the centre of a lot of political thought and artistic expression, uh, philosophical ramblings about methods of brewing coffee, and you know where everyone has an opinion on how to fix New Zealand, um, but they forget that we don't actually all need to hear their opinion, um, especially on social media. So. Um, Paul lived there for, um, for about two years, and he built a long-standing relationship with um, the crew there, and, and they were known as the people of the way, right? So, um, so it, that's how important um, Ephesus was to him and, and the relationships. And so at the end of chapter 19, oh, you want to read it, eh? There's this riot. It's really good. Um, because the, in the riot, it's just like Auckland. It's like half the people didn't know why they were even there. Um, so, and, and then we join the story. You join with me um, in chapter 20. Now, we're picking up the story from verses 17 to 21. Um, but... Uh, chapter 20 has this awesome story at the beginning of it, right? Um, 
Now, I should probably... Yeah, see, I can't seem to change it. Oh. Oh, that's flash. Um, okay, so there was, there was a pretty map up there um, that kind of gives you... Oh, there we go. So it kind of gives you an idea of where we're going. So Ephesus is kind of halfway in the middle of that, in the centre of that map. And... Oh, yes, the people over there. Maybe you can see. Um, and then um, where we're joining the story is Miletus, which is just south of Ephesus, right? <laughs> I just want to play with the red thing. Um, so Ephesus is there and Miletus is, is just south of it, right? And, um, but at the beginning of chapter 20, there's this hard case story. And that, well, that's what I said to my physio. I, she said, oh, what are your plans for the weekend? I said, oh, um, I'm speaking at church. She goes, quiet. Um, then she says, oh, what are you speaking on? I said, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, this guy, the Apostle Paul. And then I said, oh, but the hard case thing is at the, the beginning of chapter 20, there's this story about how Paul talks and talks and talks and talks and talks all night. And this young guy called Eutychus um, is sitting in a window listening. He falls asleep, falls out, three-story window dies. And I'm laughing, you know? I'm laughing because I know how the story ends. And I look down and my poor physio and my poor physio was just shocked, going, why is she laughing about this guy's falling out a window and die? So, of course, that led me to, be, to keep telling her the story. And the story is that Paul went down and lay down on him and said, he'll come back to life, he's fine. And sure enough, he did, right? So I knew that part of the story. But, you know, that, there was something in that for us, right? That um, sometimes we know how the story goes, but it's good for us to tell the story anyway, yeah? And... Um, and so, uh, oh, yeah, and if you happen to fall asleep and fall off your seat, I ain't touching you because <laughs> I'm Um Anyway, so in verse 17, if you want to follow through um, in your Bible, Acts 20, verse 17, right? Um, and I'm actually going to read from the message version, but I'm, I use the NIV and, and um, the message interchangeable. What I love about the message version for, for Acts, for this whole um, journey um, of Paul's um, missionary journeys, is that it reads like a story, yeah? And then if you don't mind an American male voice, if you listen to it on audio, um, the guy, it, it just, it's great. It's like someone's reading you a bedtime story, right? And, um, and he even goes to bits where it's like he's talking about a demon. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know you. Like he changes his voice and he just sounds like some little kid. It's really good. Anywho, um, anywho okay, verse, 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 verse 17. Okay, so we're, um, Paul is in Miletus, right? And... Um, here we go. Okay, so from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus for the leaders of the congregation. And when they arrived, he said to them, Now you know that from day one of my arrival in Asia, I was with you totally, laying my life on the line, serving the master, which is Jesus, no matter what, putting up with no end of scheming by Jews who wanted to do me in. I didn't skimp or trim in any way. Every truth and encouragement that could have made a difference to you, you got. I taught you out in public and I taught you in your homes, urging Jews and Greeks alike to a radical life change before God and an equally radical trust in our Master Jesus. And 
here. It's not working. Do you just want to do the next slide? That's just the, the chapter reference and the verses for you, right? So verse 17, you know, my letters is... My Letus is like 32 miles south of Ephesus, and he sends for them. Now, on his journeys, because he had left, um, Paul had left my, um, Ephesus and, and done a whole lot of more traveling, and he could have popped into Ephesus, but just like Auckland, nobody really wants to pop in there, right? And because you'll get caught up, and that's the thing, he didn't want to get caught up. He, wanted, he was aiming to go to Jerusalem and be there on the day of Pentecost. So he bypassed Ephesus and goes to Miletus and sends for them. You know, come down and let's hang out. And so we're talking 32 miles, right? So that's kind of like going, walking from here to, do you know where Rainbow's End is? Yeah, too close. Okay. So do you know where the BP is on um, the, the State Highway 1, right? Heading towards Ramarama? Yeah, too close. So there's two people in this room who know where I'm about to tell you, which is about the same distance, right? And it's St. James Presbyterian Church in Pukekoi. Yeah, that's where we're going. Um, you know, that's how far these people went to, to hang out with Paul. So it wasn't, you know, when he called them there, this is what he's, you know, you heard. He says, you know right? And he starts by calling attention to his life as an example, not instead of Jesus, but as he followed Jesus, right? In those verses, right? He says, you know how I lived. From day one, I was with you totally, yeah? I wasn't um, busy trying to schedule my next trip, I wasn't busy um, trying to sort out where else I can speak, I was with you totally, yeah? He reminds them of what being with them totally looked like, yeah? Um, so I have some things that, that he reminds them of what it looked like. So the, the next slide, Kim, is um, service, right? Service is what it looked like for him. And, and it's in there in um, verses, verses 18, yeah? Um, and it says he served with humility, right, um, with tears, right? Um, and it was tears in the midst of scheming and plots of the Jews who wanted to do him in, right? But he served, right? The next one, next slide, is that it was about equipping, right? Without hesitation, withholding nothing, he gave to the people um, in uh in, in uh, Ephesus, right? And, um, you know, he gave anything that would be helpful for them in their setting, in their ecology, right? Paul's strength is a man. Like, he was super intelligent, right? So, um, sorry, Cal, not quite there, but um, close, real close. But he was super intelligent. He knew the laws inside out, right? He understood political intricacies of the area and the era, he had his ear to the ground with what was happening locally and now at the end of his third journey, globally, right? And yet he was willing to give that away and, and, and give that to uh, these leaders, right? The, the third thing was inclusion, yeah? Jews and Gentiles, right? Gentiles are non-Jews, if you don't know, right? 
on Mars Hill, there is another part of um, of the New Testament where it talks about him being at Mars Hill, and he he starts by calling everyone and he says, "We all are children of God. No more them and us. We all are children of God." But you know, it's really interesting if we listen to languaging that's out there a lot. There's still a lot of them and us, yeah. But we all are children of God. People may not know that. People may not care to know it, but they are still children of God. So this is this is where we we come into the story and how we outlive it. So everyone hears, with inclusion, everyone hears the life changing message of hope. It's available to everyone. It's you know this message is a message of a, a radical life before God and equally radical trust in Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's verse 24 in the message, right? And Paul always, always points people to Jesus, not to him and his example, to Jesus, yeah? So let's take a look at the next um, lot of verses. Um, next slide, thanks, which is in 22 to 24, right? And here we're looking at... Um, oh, this is beautiful, right? After Paul has just reminded them of the life that they have been witness to, he uses this really beautiful literary device, which is common in Hebrew writings, and we see it a lot through the Bible. It's called reverse parallelism structure. Um, uh, grammar geeks, anybody, anybody, nobody. Okay. Um, but he uses this to say what lies ahead, Right, And verse 22 to 24 reads, But there is another urgency before me now. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. I'm completely in the dark about what will happen when I get there. I do know that it won't be any picnic, for the Holy Spirit has let me know repeatedly and clearly that there are hard times and imprisonment ahead. But that matters little. What matters most to me is to finish what God started the job the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. Yeah? Verse 22. And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. But I'm completely in the dark about what will happen. And so let me show you this reverse um, parallelism um, in action, right? So originally he talked about service. Next slide. And here he's talking you know, about sacrifice, yeah? Because sacrifice comes with service, right? Initially, he's talking about equipping, so he's giving away all of this stuff to build them up. And now he's talking about hardship that's going to come upon him, yeah? He's talking about inclusion in that first lot of, of verses of we're all one. And then he's talking about separation because he is going to be imprisoned. There's going to be hardship, not just on him. Because later on in the chapter, he goes on to tell them, oh yeah, by the way, that includes you lot too. Yeah. So, you know, for him, verse 23 reads, but the spirits told me all along that prison and hardship are facing me. And in verse 24, this is his, his covering for all of that. But that matters little. What matters most to me is that I finish what God started in me, the job of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So we're going to come back to that set of verses, 
But the rest of the chapter, as I said, goes on to Paul giving an emotional goodbye to those leaders. Yeah? And there's a, a softness and a gentleness in Paul that hasn't really been noticed in previous records um, of his journey. Um, Paul farewells them, and he actually says to them, you're never going to see my face again. Yeah. Now, remember, they have a really long relationship. It's a warm relationship, right? They've walked through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And so it's a messy farewell, right? All these leaders, they're crying, right? The message says rivers of tears. Yeah, they were weeping. And they were particularly aggrieved that he's told them that they won't see his face again. Yeah, it's pretty messy. And, and, and I just had, um, yeah, I just, as, as we were starting today, I was thinking, you know what? You might be aggrieved at a significant loss in your life right now, right? You might have some heartbreak over a lost relationship or, or several lost relationships totally out of your control. And maybe you've made some choices that are disappointing or choices that for you have led to a messy life, yeah? And, you know, so if you're looking at your life and, and you, you see mess and you are distraught, <laughs> it's a mess, yeah? If you've never heard this message before or you need to be reminded of this tonight, hear this, God loves you and he loves your mess. He does messy, yeah? He does messy, so I, I um, really, as, as just as we were doing stuff before, I thought, actually, I need to talk about that, yeah? But we're going to go back and look at those verses, 22 to 24, and we're going to find some encouragement, okay, um, at where we might be able to pick up our story from where Paul has left off. Because that's what our whole series is about. Where do we pick up our story from where Paul left off? And um, I'm not spinning what's a sad um, story of martyrdom, right, into some glory hallelujah story, yeah. Um, it, it, I'm taking this straight from Scripture that we all have in front of us, yeah. And this was a time of uncertainty for Paul. Um, next slide, Kev. And, um, oh, <laughs> kia ora. Um, so, you know, and I want to look at, you know, at a time when Paul is compelled, right, He's compelled into a time of uncertainty. He shares with us what he is certain of, right? And I am landing um, there because I've got one minute anyway. Um, so, um, so, so I'm just going to share with you five points yeah, of what is certain. Firstly, yeah, that the spirit compels and the spirit is compelling. Paul relied on the Spirit's guidance. Um, through all of these journeys, the Spirit drove him into places and situations that were safe and stopped him from going into places that would take him off track, right? You know, lots of people are compelled to do the type of work that, that I'm in at A Girl Called Hope, right? We're privileged to see firsthand how God transforms lives. And, and that's apparently sexy work in some people's eyes, Right? But for those of us who have sat with someone who is absolutely battling thoughts of self-hate that are just so strong that their answer is not to exist, there is nothing sexy about that, right? 
without the Spirit compelling us, we can't begin to serve in that place. We can't begin to serve um, in, in, in any of our workplaces, for any of us, in any of our sports teams, without the Spirit compelling in our pub quiz teams, right? In our families, we wouldn't be able to be gracious. We wouldn't be able to make a stand for, you know, for what we need to. to we wouldn't be able to suck up our pride and our need to be right for the sake of love, for the sake of relationship, Right? She moves in mysterious ways. Yeah, that was from this um, Irish vineyard band. Um, the second one, right? Second, second certainty is service involves sacrifice, right? Just ask any of the worship team who could have gone to the pub on Thursday night with their mates, right? Probably a far better offer, yeah? But they kept their commitment to serve by coming along to practice, right? This, it's a radical life change. The compelling message of hope that we carry, it comes at a cost. What those things I was saying before, our pride, yeah? Our need to be right, our status symbols. Third thing that we can be certain of, that Paul was certain of, you are called to what you are called to, yeah? Paul was called to testify to the good news of God's grace. And although that's what we're all called to, you're not called the way Paul was. That's okay, yeah? You might be called into the family business, into media, into education, into social services, but you're called in a different way to anyone who's gone before you, yeah? God doesn't want you to be unhappy. You know how people say, oh, I'm never going to pray that I, get sent to, that I don't get sent to Africa, right? Because he'll send me to Africa. That's just screwed up. Yeah, I mean, look, I've got a story of like when I was working at the women's prison running the, the programs for um, women and, um, and like we had the toughest lot of women because three of them in, you know, who were in our group, seriously, why did we even pick them? But anyway, um, but three of them had all stabbed each other but we thought, oh, let's get them together in a, in a group. Anyway, at the end of it, I go, I'm never, seriously, after the graduation of that program, I'm in the car park heading to the car going, I'm never going to work with women ever again, right? Now, I laugh because that's not about God having a laugh at me, right? That's about me accepting the limitations that I put on myself, right? And letting go of the limitations that I put on myself because I love where I am. It's because he's called me there, right? So he equipped me for it. So the, the, the next um, certainty, how you run your race, it matters, yeah? Paul's life is an example of running a good race, yeah? And this passage is where he reminds and encourages um, that, you know, his posse of the keys to running a good race. And there were lots of accusations, there were lots of twisted versions about what they were up to and all, but he served with humility, yeah? Intentionally sowing into the locals while all eyes were on him, looking for him to falter, right? People are watching us whether we like it or not. Yeah, we call ourselves a Christian or a follower of Jesus, and so eyes are watching and ears are hearing, ears are listening. They see when we start that extra thirty minutes early. They see when we are staying back that extra thirty minutes late. Right? When we consistently return from breaks on time, when we don't have Facebook minimized on our desktop, they see it. Right? When we shut down office gossip, they notice. 
yeah? Our actions are what determine our integrity, not what we say, because no matter what we say, if our actions don't match, we've missed the mark, right? So be encouraged, yeah, that how you run your race matters and the Spirit empowers you for it. So the final point is this. Jesus is the cause, yeah? Always Jesus. Now, we live in a day and age where people around us want to be part of something bigger, and right now I'm probably going to offend some of you. Not my intention. Um, You choose whether you take offense or not. Not my intention, right? But we join groups to save the planet or organizations that speak to injustices. We put on programs that will address the deficits of society, yeah? And as people whose lives are radically changed, yes, yes, join those groups. Do those things. Take action, right? But can I encourage you to keep seeking to align all your choices, right? Keep seeking to to align your thoughts. Keep seeking to, to not act out of your emotions, right? And then your actions will be aligned to Jesus' ways. Because if you can't demonstrate love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, right? If you can't put a room back the way you found it after a meeting, if you love to pick the mistakes or the ways that everything can be done better and then deliver that in an unhelpful tone, or even better, don't deliver that, but talk to everyone else about it, right? Then do me a favor, please. Don't tell anyone you're a Christian, yeah? Because, you know... Your work, your favourite organisation, your passion, if you let that become your cause, then I would invite you to consider laying that before Jesus and inviting him to be your cause again. He is the cause. He is worth our life. Our life, our last slide, Kev, you know, our life lived for a cause is a life that's transformed. Yeah, a life that's the real thing. It's radically changed, right? That's compelled by the Spirit, serving and being okay with the sacrifice that might come with that. Doing what only you can do, not comparing with what someone else can do. Being guided by the fruits of the Spirit of radical life change. And knowing in your Noah, wherever your Noah is, mine is in my gut, right? Knowing that Jesus is the cause, yeah? And it's a cause worth living for. So, you know, if it's a cause worth living for, then you you might just come to know even a little bit of the fullness of life that's available to all of us. It's available to you. So I just invite you to stand, and I'm going to finish by praying for you all. And... um, there are some people in the room that, um, or maybe um, someone who might be watching it on, on Facebook later, right, in particular, that that I, as I was preparing, really came to heart for um, me to pray for. And I would invite you that if you want more prayer, ask the people around you, yeah, um, for prayer. But first, you know, it's those who haven't felt the Spirit's compelling in a while, Good news, it can be felt, right? No matter how staunch you want to be. Um, And when the Spirit compels, you'll know, right? 
you'll know. The Spirit, um, and, and Calvin covered some of this this morning, the Spirit of God dwells in you, right? And will connect with you in a way that is unique to you, right? A dream, a poem, a song, yeah? Um, you know, it might be a throwaway comment by a friend or a kid, yeah? Um, or a complete stranger, and you're gonna sense something rising up in you. Oh, it might even be a smile. How about that, right? Um, and then the other um, people I wanna pray for is those who, who are unsure about what cause you are living for, right? Whether you got lost, whether you became tired, cynical, burnt out, prideful, whether you're living half-hearted, yeah? I really want to pray for you, so. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.